up, y'all? Hey, folks. Welcome to this most unbelievable podcast. We are your hosts, Paul Fitzgerald. And Sherry Spiegel. You're listening to season two, our first summer season. For the next few months, we'll take a look at a thread we began last season in our Rates of Things episode. We'll take several episodes to explore how we process and experience things. First in the body. Then in the mind. And finally, and most challengingly, in the heart. We would love your feedback, so please feel welcome to leave us a comment or a question on the Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Or you can send us an email at thepaulandsherrypod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also find all of this on our website, thismostunbelievablelife.com. Please subscribe to the show in iTunes, Stitcher, or via RSS so you'll never miss a show. And if you like the show, we'd appreciate your rating on iTunes. Or simply tell a friend about the show. That would help us out, too. We're so glad you're joining us on this journey. And on with the show. I'm going to hit the button. You know what? I am, too, then. Ooh, you got a button. You got your own button to hit? I have my own button. I push my own buttons now, mash the, mash the button. Mash the button. Mash the button. Where is that? That's some geographic thing, isn't it? Like in elevators, you mash the button. I don't know where that was. Somebody can tell mm. us. Somebody can tell us. I don't know. I don't know. Probably something Midwestern. Maybe. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Hey, Paul. Hey, Sherry. What's going on? Not too much. Were you going to ask me what's going on? I was. You kind of Sorry. Okay, the... let's try it again. Yeah. No, it's fine. What is going on? Yeah, what's going on, Paul? Um, what is going on? Uh, well, it's Podcast Tuesday, so here we are, but I think our listeners know that. If, if we did this successfully, you now know. What else mm-hmm. is going on? Um, I experimented with some cooking today, cooked a new thing, a little carrot zucchini. I tried to knock off um, a version of fried zucchini that you and I both know. And love and, and miss. love, yeah, mm. and miss from the days when those things were done. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, did a presentation online. Did you have a sauce to go with that? I didn't initially, mm. but I mm. quickly rectified that situation. I had some teriyaki that I made. Yes, I make my own teriyaki. Some teriyaki I made in the fridge. Uh, and that went with it. It wasn't a 10 out of 10, you know, because it was repurposed from something else. But it was a solid 6. It's like, well, you it does. A, mm, you need a sriracha mayo for that situation. Yeah, yeah something mm-hmm. like that. So um, yeah. it, was a, it was a 6 or a 7. So I mean, it did the job. Not it bad, did the job. Bad. Made some zucchini fritters. Give a lot mm. of zucchini in the fridge. But yeah, it was a nice day. Kind of low key. Kind of low nice. key. How about you? Nice. What do you got going on? What do I have going on? I I actually did a little cooking today too. Uh, I'm getting a lot more space for cooking right now, which is super awesome. Uh, so I put together a little chickpea salad. Uh, I like I, I have on tap for this week a bunch of really light summer food to cook. Um, so today was a chickpea salad. I've got something involving arugula and uh, cherry tomatoes in the works probably for uh, arugula is like a gift, right? It's so good. Oh, it's so, so good. good. I like arugula on just about anything, but especially there's a pizza that I order uh, in this neighborhood uh, that comes with arugula on it. It is like my favorite thing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, that's that's by far number one for us. It's like if there's arugula in the house, it's like we need to find a pizza that we can put this thing on because it's just super. But I mean, make us really simple dressing just take a bunch of arugula put it on a naan or a pita 
fold that uh-huh. bad boy over and that is all you need. Yeah. That is all yeah. you need. Um, and we had a, you know, I, I did something with arugula today too. Um, we had a bunch in the in the fridge because uh, mm-hmm. we, 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 we grow some uh, in our garden. Looks like there's too much arugula. Um, so right after <laughs> I got up, uh, I mean, I should retract that. You can never have too much arugula. Never. No. Um, I made an arugula pesto. So that's sitting, nice. it's in the fridge coming together. So one of these mm. days on pasta day or something, or maybe I'll just take some of that arugula pesto, smear it on a pita or a naan, throw it in the oven for a couple of minutes and put some tomatoes on it and eat it. Man, I'm not Done. hungry or yeah. what. It's like uh, things cook themselves. But uh, yeah, summer. You know? Summer. In what I cooked, the zucchini and carrot, uh, the fried zucchini and carrot crunchy sticks of them, what do you even call those? They would have been nice and uh, light, but I, well, I battered them and put them in a cast iron skillet uh, with some canola oil. So the, the frying, it didn't take anything away, but it added some things to it. Um, not as light as it could be, but it was pretty light anyway. But didn't you say before we got on, you mentioned, I think, they were beer battered. They were beer battered. That feels like summer to me, actually. It, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, there's something about, yeah, if you're going to fry something in the summer, it ought to be beer battered. And I'm not sure why. Yeah, and but, yeah. The, the recipe I was going off of says use sparkling, use sparkling water because I was kind of trying to knock off like a low-key tempura situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like use fizzy water. It's like, well, I don't have that, but I do. I do have beer. This. And unfortunately, it's before noon. So what, do you, what does one do with half a can of leftover IPA at 1130 in the morning after one makes one's batter? Well... You just take one for the team. Yeah. Well, that's a privilege Welcome of summer. summer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Welcome to summer. It's like, well, you yeah. drink it is what you do with it. I don't know what the yeah. problem is. It's not that hard. Um, I won't tell if you don't. It'll be our little there secret. We- but, um, yeah, it turned out well. I was pretty happy with it, you know. Good. And uh, I'm doing that a little bit now. You know, more more light summertime things for the summer. Yeah. And that is that is our theme for the day, right? Is summer 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 um summer this is season two episode one titled summer summer summertime and the living is the living is easy um so yeah we had it oh go ahead go ahead oh i was gonna say do you so i mean there is that saying right summertime and the living's easy do you always feel that summertime is easy living for you? Not always. Not always. Um, Go on. By the middle or the two-thirds point of summer, yes, I do feel okay. that way. At the beginning of summer, I do not feel that way. Mm-hmm. It turns out um, my summer entry process that I do where it's like, okay, spring is done and uh, this is now summer. It mm-hmm. takes a while for me to sort of get in get into that though i mean a lot of my routines change yes as i go into summer more so than probably any other season mm-hmm. um and it takes my body it'll, it'll be a couple of weeks before it catches up mm-hmm. and i mean only now am i getting into this it's summer it's okay i don't have to you know it takes it takes my my habits uh longer than i would suspect for them to wind themselves down right i think we've talked about this like this has been i think for both of us like 
some of the best sleeping in that we've done has been the last few days, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. It took, and of course, this morning I was awake at 5.30 again, so that doesn't always... Ah, the <laughs> it's alarm perpetual, came back. But it's like the, the alarm, the internal alarm, Beth, uh, mm-hmm. came back. Um, but I feel it's temporary. But it's not yeah. like I didn't get a good night's sleep. I mean, I was out by 10, 10.30 last night. Yeah, so well, I mean, like, sometimes the body knows what it needs. It's just like... When the body's waking up for other reasons, yeah, like it was out of obligation out. or whatever. Yeah, yeah it was light like, up, but there's like, fine, I'll get up and make some pesto and some beer better, whatever. Yeah, That's you fine. know, this morning I woke up, um, normally I wake up at like 5 o'clock or 5.30. Um, Eric gets up at 5.30, that's when his alarm goes off, and he's at work by 7.30, I think. Um, this morning I woke up at 6 o'clock, and he was already out of the bed, and I was just like, ooh, look at this slacker, still wow. in bed at 6 o'clock, like, ooh. Must be summer. I have, yeah, I have reached summer mode finally. It must be summer, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. My wife's a later riser, so mm. you know I, I, it's hard to imagine a situation where it happens every once in a while where I wake up and I'm still in bed and she's up, but it's not it's not often. I can count on one hand, I think. Yeah, it's not too often with Eric and I either, but it's just occasionally. Um, yeah, it depends on how I'm sleeping and things. I it, it does often, summer, I tend to go on my own sort of life schedule. Um, and this has a lot to do with the way that, you know, you and I are ruled by the academic calendar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, um, but summer, I tend to turn into a night owl. And mm. so that's one of the reasons I tend to start sleeping in in the morning um, is because I'll be up till 3 a.m. Um, but so far, I haven't turned into that behavior i'll be curious if it becomes part of this summer's routine yeah i have a a former student who uh is kind of going through that too and she's has a little bit more of a a challenge with it i think because she was very surprised by i mean she was usually said that she was out by like 9 30 or 10 and she gets eight hours every night she likes text me at like 10 45 p.m and it's like why am i still up and i'm like i don't know you tell me why you're still it's like she she's noticed that uh she's she's up a lot later yeah she had been i don't know well and i think one of the things that i like about observing seasons is that you can start to like let yourself notice when your routine changes and just be okay with it. Like, maybe this is summer her, right? Like, yeah, um, right. You know, instead of asking why, like, observing, well, you know, this is a transitional period. And so maybe this is the new me. Maybe this is summer me. Yeah. And I think you're supposed to. I mean, I think these things are supposed to change. And I think a lot of suffering comes from trying to resist seasonal mm-hmm changes as we know about our species and many many species we are very susceptible to light how much light is coming in what wavelengths of light are coming in mm-hmm. um it, to to not to, to think that that's not going to affect ourselves our perspectives uh our state of mind our mood our sleep schedule mm-hmm. our wake our wake schedule whatever it is i think it's ludicrous yeah well don't you think as a species we do a lot to try to like we have this image in our head about what is like ideal and Mm -hmm. we try to we kind of resist the seasons in really interesting ways like air conditioning oh now we need heaters light bulbs right like we really don't like 
to accept what the earth is giving us. Yeah. We like to try to control it. Um, so we do all these things not to experience what the earth is encouraging us to go through. Yeah, and it's not just light bulbs. It's like light bulbs with blue light daytime wavelengths, uh, mm -hmm. all of that, all of that stuff. But um, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we fight it a lot. And I mean, the the coolest, most recent invention in response to this, of course, is the, the blue light filters on the cell phones and screens, since we're going to be on screens all the time. Mm -hmm. You know, mine turns a weird color around 8.30 p.m. and that's the blue light filter kicking on. You know, yeah, and, and so stuff. instead of saying, hey, our eyeballs don't like this, let's build a technology so we can do the things humans aren't meant to do. Right, right. So you can keep, don't give up your device, keep it, we'll fill the blue out. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and uh, like food's the same way. Food's the same mm -hmm. way. I mean, in the, in the fall and in the winter, it's like where I'm roasting root vegetables. I'm eating a lot more... Uh, winter squash. I'm having more soups and stews and all that other kind of stuff. You know, yeah. it's kind of heavier grounding stuff. And it's like, what did I? So I'm doing carrots, zucchini. I have about a salad a day. Mm -hmm. uh, you're doing similar stuff. You know, the, the lightness of food with all the. It's like eat eat what's eat what's growing right now. Yeah, and you're you won't you can't go wrong. Right, right. Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things I actually love the most about summer, um, is the summer food. If we, like, once I allow myself to lean into, like, well, what's growing? What's fresh? Um, I enjoy eating a lot more if I allow myself to eat seasonally. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, when you go to the grocery store and it's February and there's tomatoes, and it's like, these tomatoes aren't that good at all. It's like, well, why would they be? I mean, why those tomatoes, <laughs> those tomatoes are a lie. They are. Right? They are. They right. were picked picked green in California. Spent you know a week and a half on a truck. You know. Yeah. Um, like of course they're not what. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way that tomato's going to be any good. Um, or I mean, same thing was like strawberries in in the middle of winter. Just like mm -hmm. half of that stuff was grown in Chile. Um, and this is getting back in touch with what our bodies are. I don't want to suppose to us, but you know. Or should us, but you know, should do supposed to do. If you eat what's available in season where you are, I mean, it's sort of going to predispose you to a particular diet and a particular way of cooking, a particular way of being, um, particular sorts of dishes. I mean, what do you do with sweet potatoes in June when it's ninety-eight degrees outside? I mean, what what am I supposed to? It's like I don't know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's like literally. What are what? What, what, do what should you I do? do with these things? Um, I guess I I'll, I'll let them sit here until it gets cooler out and do something else. I'm not sure. A sweet potato fries for a veggie burger, maybe. Well, I did just roast some sweet potatoes yesterday with some smoked paprika. So don't. That judge. would be. I'm not sure. That would be tasty. Um, <laughs> that would be good. Yeah, so, you know, the different things that we do, what do we associate with summer and what is summer for and how did yeah. I used to spend my summer and how is it different now? There's all kinds of conversations about summer. Summer is, um, people, nostalgia, what, I don't know what the past tense of nostalgia is. Um, nostalgia, I don't know, have nostalgia for summer, summers, I think, you know. Yeah. Um, it's like, ah, I think back of summer vacations I took, whatever, summer breaks I yeah. did. Well, how many movies are really about like summer camp, summer vacation, summer 
love, right? Summer yeah. everything. Yeah. 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 Um, is, yeah. So what are the things that you sort of remember loving or maybe even not loving? What about summer resonates with you or sticks to your bones? Uh, I remember that it used to last forever. Yeah. It used to last forever. It's like, man, summer just goes on forever. And now it's like, blip. Two minutes. It's yeah. gone. Yeah. I remember it used to just go on forever. Um, mm-hmm. I remember that uh, summer starts on, July, on June 4th. June 4th. And I th- remember that because... Uh, I don't know if this was once. I mean, I might have just fabricated this entire story in my own head. When I was in elementary school, we, at the end of the academic year, we had a school picnic. Mm-hmm. This is common, I think. And I think it was like, it was usually on uh, June 4th. It was on, always, oh, usually on June 4th. Um, so it's like June 4th. Yes, summer yes, starts. Summer, you yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. But with our jobs now, we're done in May, you know, early May, and, and we're done. So we're still getting used to that. So, and we'd go back in Labor Day, beginning of September, you know, this is what we would do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, there's been a shift in summer. It starts earlier and we go back sooner. I don't love that. but Yeah, but I still think, even though we end in May, I feel like it takes me until June to feel like I'm really in summer. Yeah, that's kind of what I feel too. And I think that's especially true if you spend a lot of time with people who aren't academics, right? Like, mm-hmm. um, like everyone else around me doesn't seem to kick into full summer, summer mode until June, right? It's just us that are, like, so exhausted that we sleep for two weeks at the end yeah, of the day. Yeah, because that's what that first two two or three weeks always was for me. It was just like, it's like, dude, it's recovery from... <laughs> Mm-hmm. From an academic year, it was 12 months that I crammed into nine. So I'm going to need a minute here to, to sort of chill out right. and re-regulate myself. Um, going, getting in a piling in the car and driving mm. to a destination for a vacation. Um, the car of choice had always been a 1972 Dodge Dart. Mm. It was yellow with a black roof. I'll try to find a picture of it somewhere. I don't know if I have one. There we go. Uh, no air conditioner to speak of, of course. AM radio. Uh, okay. seats that got up to about a thousand degrees in the sun and man those <laughs> buckles will like they'll leave a welt on your skin you know from the heat yeah and uh, if you get hot well you roll down the window mm-hmm. um, and if you get cold well we'll turn the heater on it's going to take about 15 minutes for it <laughs> for you're, you're probably going to be where you're going to go before it actually kicks on but yeah we'd all pile in there were three of us me and my two sisters my mom and my dad and we'd pile in the car and kids would be in the back mom and dad in the front drive mm-hmm. to God, whatever we drove from St. Louis to Atlanta. Yeah, that was you know. My mom didn't it, like to fly. Yeah, I I actually never got on an airplane uh, until the sophomore year of uh, college. Actually, yeah, I was my later parents, than that. My parents that. never took. The only reason I did is because I presented at the International Association for the Fantastic in Arts. Good. Um, so my first academic conference. But yeah, I like it. My parents never flew us anywhere. Like, if we needed to go somewhere, we would pile into the minivan. Uh, and we needed a minivan because my brother and I really shouldn't share, like, a row, right? Yeah. Like, we, we needed some space, some boundaries, uh, probably so that my parents didn't murder us. Like, I think the two of us sharing space would have probably led to some sort of homicide situation. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. 
What did you do to occupy yourself on well, long summer drives? Yeah, I don't know. I'm thinking about that. It's like maybe there's a reason why I don't remember. I might have blocked it out. But mm-hmm. I imagine, because I was the youngest, I imagine more often than not, I was in the middle of mm-hmm. the back row. Then it's, what the heck would I do for two, <laughs> for two days? You know, reading in, reading in a car makes me nauseous. Right, okay. Uh, yeah. I don't even know. I don't even know. Right. It's an interesting thing to think about because, of course, we didn't have iPads and cell phones and, you know, all this. There was no media in. I mean, no, I had a no, Walkman. Yeah, there wasn't. I, don't, I had a Walkman. Part of me wants to say um, if you went on the family vacations that I went on and you had to spend two days in the middle seat of the back of a 72 Dodge Dart in the middle of, in the, middle of the summer. Uh, you would have meditation practices <laughs> as well. You know, you would you would develop a pretty good meditation practice too. It's like maybe that's where it came from. I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was baked so. in since I was two. Yeah, maybe that's where you got your first sits in. Yeah, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. No wonder an hour no isn't doubt. hard for you, right? An like hour. You should four sit in days. the back of a 1972 Dodge Dart in June, <laughs> driving from St. Louis to Atlanta with a sister on either side of you. You know, in, the yeah. in case of you know road of a Ocean sickness. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that's a good question. Yeah, I really don't have any idea. We would go east or we would go west or we would go north or we would go south. But usually it wasn't two days. Usually it was a one-day trip. We never went too far. But yeah, my mom didn't like to fly. Um, so mm-hmm. my dad, bless his heart, right? Everywhere we went was in a car. And I did not take my first plane, uh, plane ride um, until I was a senior in college. Oh, yeah. Um, it yeah. was 98, 93. My very first time on a plane, uh, I went to Costa Rica with a botanist to walk around and collect plants. Like and, you do. And a field research on a study. It wasn't a study abroad in the strict sense. It was a independent study in biology where I got yeah. three credits for traipsing around Costa Rica with a botanist and carrying plants that he picked, which was nice. great. But yeah. I said my very first time... Uh, Paris first flight was leaving the country, had to get a passport and everything. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I um, I flew down. I mean, I guess I was in the spring semester, so I, I did that flight. But, you know, growing up, we would always, most of our trips would really be, um, at, when the w- weather got warm, we would go north, um, mm-hmm. usually to Vermont, which is where my dad's from. Um, and so a lot of my memories, uh, of summer are sort of invested in, uh, or situated, I guess, within Burlington, Vermont. Um, and so there's, there's lots of things that are like hallmarks of summer to me. Um, like nothing says summer to me like a maple creamy. You're talking Um, about maple creamies. Yeah. I have no idea what that is. It's, this is such, like, Paul. I know weird, I, I know weird Midwestern stuff, but it's like, I've never heard of that. It's so, uh, so sad. Uh, have you been to Vermont? No. Okay. So, obviously we need to take <laughs> you to Vermont. Okay. So we'll have uh, this most unbelievable life field trip to Vermont. Road trip. Road trip. Uh, yeah. So a maple creamy in Vermont, creamies are soft serve ice cream. Uh, and my grandfather was like a creamy connoisseur. Uh, he knew where all the creamy stands in in uh, probably Burlington and St. Albans both were. Um, 
But a maple creamy is, I mean, so first of all, the only maple syrup in the universe that's worth eating uh, comes from Vermont. Uh, and there are all these other states that will try to tell you that they have perfectly legit maple syrup. It is lies. They do not. Uh, huh? They know. do not, especially you, Ohio. <laughs> Shade. Um, and Canada, bullshit. Vermont is the only place to get your maple that syrup. That is Dr. Sherry Spiegel, not to be confused mm-hmm. with Dr. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Um, so I have strong opinions about maple syrup, but the combination of cr- a creamy ice cream, you know, so soft serve made with the best cow milk in the universe, which comes also from Vermont, uh, that combined with maple syrup is basically heaven on earth. Mm. And the fact that you haven't had that makes me deeply grieve for you. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 I'm, sure, I'm sure there are other, other things I, I have not yet enjoyed as well. Um, yeah, I know there are. The, um, yeah, that's interesting. That's interesting. Um, yeah. yeah we didn't but also, also, it makes me a little excited because you have the opportunity to experience this amazing thing for the first time one day. Yeah, with a mature palate. Mm-hmm. Not with the hubris mm-hmm. of somebody who was raised on it, you know, because yeah. I mean, there are there are a couple landmark St. Louis things that, you know, evidently people drive for a long way to get to. And I'm just like, eh, there's one down the street, whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, th- I've never been to St. Louis. So what am I missing out on? Well, I think I think the one that I it's not exclusive, exclusively St. Louis, but there are some St. Louis things. I'll get to a couple. Okay. The thing that I never thought was special or unique or particularly noteworthy growing up that now it's like, I would kill for one of these things. White Castle. White Castle uh. hamburgers, man. I had one two blocks away right down the street. I mean, four, block, four blocks away right down the street. Um, and it was assumed that these things are everywhere. And it turns out they are not. I can tell you, though, if, you want, if you're in Northern Virginia and you want to find the closest one, it is in Columbus, Ohio. <laughs> In Columbus, Ohio, yeah, um, and uh, we stopped there because now they have the impossible. They have the impossible burger at, at right. White Castle, so right. which is pretty I good. Think, yeah, all right, that was all pretty right. good. And yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's worth driving to uh, Columbus for Columbus, just yeah. for that. But if you go, if you're driving through, yeah. Uh, so I did not know that White Castle existed. I am very much, despite my summers uh, or my great affinity for Burlington, Vermont. I spent most of uh, my life in Tidewater, Virginia. Uh, We did not have a White Castle. uh, And I didn't know White Castle existed until that movie, the Harold and Kumar movie, came out. It's a unique uh, food stuff. It is a food stuff, isn't it? It It's a unique food stuff, yeah. 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 It's pretty interesting. Did you have other chains in that area that are iconic? Um, yeah, Emo's Pizza. Emo's, Emo's mm-hmm. Pizza um, is very good. I mean, it defines pizza for me. St. Louis style, for whatever that means. It means that a super means- thin crust. Uh, it's cut in the squares. Okay, okay. Um, and this it doesn't has, sound like pizza, but okay, keep going. You know, and it has provolone cheese on it, which is a combo of provolone and mozzarella. Oh, that actually um, sounds really good. It's tasty. Okay. I mean, it's really yeah. good. And, I mean, it's so thin, it's like... There's, I'll take it a, a large for me, and you get a large for you. <laughs> I mean, it's it's okay. like it's razor thin. I mean, it's super thin crust. But yeah, cut in squares. And the cool thing about it was, 
you know, here's a geometry problem for you. So you have a round pizza and it's cut into squares, you know, a couple inches on a side. Um, there, there's going to be these like little tiny triangular things around the edge where you don't, where it kind of hits the, hits the bend of the, of the circle. It'll get a little overdone. So you have like these crispy, slightly burnt pieces. Of, oh my God, those are so that good. That would be my favorite, Those I are think. so good. Everybody would always like, oh, I want the outside piece. And it was always a fight. Um, oh. Emo's Pizza. Yeah. So every time we're back in St. Louis, we always swing by Emo's uh, occasionally a couple of times. And when we drive home, uh, from St. Louis back to Northern Virginia, there may be a couple in the back seat of the car that we picked up on the way out of town. Um, Ted Drew's, Ted Drew's frozen custard. Um, okay, it is not a chain. There's two of them, uh, mm-hmm. and one was the original down on uh, down on Grand in Cherokee, I think. Um, and the other one is kind of close to my house in in this in South City. On mm-hmm. Watson Watson Road, it might be Chippewa still at that point. Super good frozen Ted Drew's frozen custard. So um, it uh, is really really good, and there are lines uh, that oh. go down the block uh, in in the summer. Um, it is on Historic Route sixty six, so mm-hmm. it's one of the it's one of the classic sixty six stops in, in St. Louis. Yeah. And, and, but that one is world world famous. You could. Uh, I think it might have been even on food TV or something like that. You can uh, you can Google that and you'll find something. Find it. Interesting. Yeah. That's good. Man, that's good. Ted yeah. Drews is good. <laughs> Ted Drews is good. Yeah. I, you know, my hometown, I don't, like Chesapeake, Virginia proper, I don't associate with like good summer food necessarily. I mean, because all the best food that was cooked in Chesapeake was cooked in somebody's backyard. Yeah. Right. On a grill. Uh, where you're having a barbecue because it's always a barbecue and there's way too many mayonnaise-based products left out for far too long. Yeah, right. Like that's, you know. Um, but I guess outside of my, te- like we would drive sometimes to Dumars, uh, which was in Norfolk. Um, and Dumars was like a barbecue hot dog kind of place. I think they had ice cream too. Um, I think my parents went there when they were like dating. Um, so Dumars is kind of like a, a classic kind of place for, for Tidewater. But for the most part, like growing up, we didn't go to restaurants all that much except for Zeno's, which is a pizza joint. Um, but for the most part, we didn't go, like there wasn't really a restaurant in Deep Creek, which is the borough that I grew up mm-hmm. in, um, other than Zeno's that I remember. Everything else was like fast food restaurants, like a deli. Um, but not actual restaurants. Yeah, I think probably eighty percent of us going out to eat when we were kids was was to a pizza place. Mm-hmm. Not emos. Frustratingly, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, we didn't we didn't we didn't do a lot of restaurant eating when we were growing up. My mom was a we we I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast, and this is a subject for a different day. But my mm-hmm. mom had a had a set of collection of recipes that I'm trying to recreate. Uh, of Goodman mm-hmm. Western City cooking. Um, I mean, there, yeah, summertime in St. Louis for me. What, what was that? You know, so you're hanging out. Uh, the regional barbecue specialty is the uh, pork steak. Mm. It's called a pork steak. It's a pork shoulder that's cut into steaks. Okay. Yeah, so it's like take a take a pork butt, you know, and, he's gonna, and just cut it into. You know, I don't know, half inch, one inch mm-hmm. slabs, you know, and you grill it with a little 
whatever cheap barbecue sauce you can sort of find uh and, and barbecue pork steaks is a thing hmm. uh oftentimes with a coleslaw if you're of into that sort of thing you know how can and, you have summer without coleslaw yeah and then there's some some ted ruse and then you see a cardinals baseball game and then you ask people what high school they went to uh and then you swing by White Castle. We don't have to do this all in one day. <laughs> you swing by White <laughs> Castle. Yeah. Um, uh, and, I mean, that's that's St. Louis in the summertime, you know. Yeah. Uh, a little Cardinals baseball, a little pork steak on the grill, maybe some Ted Ruse for dessert. Yeah. A couple of, couple of beers. Um, there, I mean, it was always Anheuser-Busch, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Bush Stadium, Augie Bush, on the baseball, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they no longer own the, the baseball team or the... Or the brewery, right? So there are some microbreweries that are starting to pop up in St. Louis that are pretty interesting. And one of the oldest ones is uh, Schlafly. Ah, uh, yes. Um, which I always always frequent. Good beer. Good beer. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's, uh, once InBev bought Anheuser-Busch, they sort of broke the shackles of of the breweries in St. Louis a little bit. And now some interesting new, new ones are starting to pop up. Yeah. I did live pretty close to a Bush Gardens, which has yeah, that. That's the yeah, that's that the same. Ties. Yep, 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 yep. Yeah. So, uh, it, and Bush Gardens was a big draw for for summer uh, in our area. We didn't go often. Like usually, we would get one trip to the Bush Gardens amusement park per summer. Uh, the summer I graduated from high school, my my husband's parents actually got a season tickets, so we went there all the time. It was like luxury. Um, yeah, um, yeah. I I think I have a strange relationship with summer <clears throat> because I love summer, um, but summer also. I mean, the summer heat in Virginia is so oppressive, mm-hmm. especially once you hit the month of July, that I think it becomes like an interesting strategy game to figure out how you will, especially as a ginger-haired person who is basically as pale as pale can be and burns like if if the sun is even thinking about coming down upon yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. So so summer's always I've always had this strange relationship with summer to where like as soon as I feel warm, I am convinced that I am burning. Um so I've always had to figure out how to how to learn to be comfortable in the discomfort that can come with summer mm-hmm. uh, because of the summer heat. Um, but I think the summer heat is actually really instructional as well because the heat of summer tells you, hey, slow down. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That helps us slow down because, my God, it's hot. <laughs> yeah, it's hot. Yeah we, got, yeah, we got kicked out of the house pretty much every, every morning, at, you know, after breakfast and we our only instruction was to be home before the streetlights came on and you ate lunch at somebody's house. Yeah. You know, and I say lunch generously, you know, it was peanut butter and jelly sandwich or two, whatever. Um, but it was, yeah, I don't even know how I filled those days. It just, whatever. I mean, we had, we were blessed with having quite a few uh, similarly aged kids on the block mm-hmm. where we lived. So God, I don't know what, madcap adventures we got ourselves into you know but it was always something going on i I never remember ever being bored Mm -hmm. ever ever you know it's funny about boredom um my my dad is very anti-boredom 
Um, and I remember exactly one time, I used to tell this story all the time. I remember exactly one time uh, my brother and I told my dad in the middle of summer that we were bored. Um, and my dad, I think, is a person who's, you know, worked his ass off his whole life. So he really resents boredom. Um, so we told my dad that we were bored and he took us up to the soccer fields. And we ran laps around the soccer field kicking oh a ball. God. For what, I mean, I have no idea how long it was, but, you know, in the child's mind, it was probably 75 hours, right? Like, it just felt like forever. And it was like, and he was like, let this be a lesson. Lord. (laughs) Never say you're bored again. But I mean, like, dad, I mean, he was a Navy guy. Like, he's like, oh, you think you're bored? Run drills. Then you'll see if you're bored. Um yeah, so I, but for the most part, we were pretty creative kids, and we also had a lot of kids in the neighborhood. Uh, so we would, we would occupy that time. And the way we knew to come home is my mother has this audacious, like, whistle that you could hear from clear on the other side of the neighborhood. Mm. Um, and when that whistle came out, it was time for the Lemure kids to come home. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember occasionally my mom would just hang out at the back door of the, of the back porch. And, Paul, come home. But it was usually around the time the light. Um, if the lights had come on and I was not home within like 10 minutes, you got, uh, you got mom yelling across the neighborhood a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah whenever I said I got bored, though, she, always, she would say one of two things. She'd always say, go outside or read a book. That <laughs> was yeah, those were two, yeah, those were two answers. Go outside or read a book. Yeah. I go outside. I don't want to go outside. Well, then read a book. Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, those are the options. Those are your options. This is 1978, yeah. you know, 79, whatever. Yeah, I mean, I don't really remember exactly what a lot of us did to pass time. I know, I mean, I, I know we played baseball. Um, I, w- I always seem to be like one of only about two girls in any circle I'm ever part of. Um, so we played a lot of baseball. I was usually the pitcher because I'm left-handed. Uh, I remember punching a guy. That was very satisfying. (laughs) Um, uh, yeah. Um, I remember like a lot of like hockey, like a lot of skating, um, had a, and a lot of music. That's like basically all I remember. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a lot of bike riding. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of bike riding. Yep. Yeah. Something else we used to do in the summer, at least once a summer, uh, my my dad's mom uh, and her grandpa. So my grandma and grandpa used to live about, I don't know, 100 miles south southwest of St. Louis in Iron County. And we'd go down there for, I don't know, I mean, time, what does time mean when you're trying to think about it 40 years later? It's like, it might have been a couple of days, but it might have been a week. <laughs> you know, who mm-hmm. knows? Um, and uh, we always just called it, he always just called it, we're going down the country, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. means. Because, I mean, it was out in the middle of the, you know, we're kind of outside of Bellevue, Missouri. Um, there are roads down there called Fitzgerald Lane, and there's a Fitzgerald Family Cemetery. And there's, yeah. you know, so like a lot of the roads around there. It's like, yeah, I got Ken down there in one of them places. Um, mm-hmm. And 
have never sounded more Midwestern. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. So I mean, if you're if you're, <laughs> if you're in Southern, if you're in Iron County and your last name is Fitzgerald, it's like no, you you get a pass. You can get away with most things. Yeah. And um, Fitzgerald's been down there a long time too. And uh, my they had a house down there. My my grandparents did, and we would go down there and just kind of run around and get ticks and drink spring water and. I don't even know what one does. You know, mm-hmm. there's a couple of state parks down there that are pretty awesome. Elephant Rocks and Johnson Shutton State Park, which are, both of which we visited frequently. And mm-hmm. um, as it would be, you know, my, my grandparents passed away and a lot of that land on there got sort of carved up and, and given to, to various grandkids. So I have a, a little plot down there of uh, undeveloped, completely undeveloped, untouched rocks, snakes, and trees is what my grandfather used to say. <laughs> Ooh, there's land on there. It's like, yeah, it's just a bunch of rocks and snakes and trees. There's no power, no well, nothing, you know. So come zombie apocalypse time, I'm set. And my sister, yeah. built a, my sister and her husband built a cabin down there. So they yes. go down there and visit. They go down Sounds- there. Not, I guess they don't really visit, but they just go down there and yeah. hang out in the cabin. Sounds like good potential. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's interesting. So we yeah, went down there a lot. I remember spending a lot of time in the summers at my grandparents' house as well. They had like this epic garden, so we spent a lot of time as free labor at the garden. Um, but I remember like you know harvesting green beans and then you know snapping off the edges of them so that yeah. we could cook them that night. Um, and a lot of camping, a whole lot of time. That's actually something that I like. Wish I did more of now is, uh, I am quite happy beside a campfire. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't get to do that as often as I would like, probably. Yeah. Yeah. We did not go camping. Really? Yeah, we did not, and I'll tell you why. Tell me why. My dad was in the army and he hated it. And so he, uh, <laughs> he got back. It's like, we're not camping. We're never camping. I camped yeah. enough. Camped enough, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. so he uh, he was not. Uh, we we saw more uh, roadside uh, roadside motels in, the, in Missouri than you can mm. imagine, though. That's We never, I mean, we, we hardly ever stayed in a hotel. Like, uh. Camping, yes. Staying with family, yes. Hotels, what an extra- extravagance. Like, I don't, I don't know. We just never did. Uh, but camping, we did a lot of camping. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess Even, that, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, my dad's band when I was a kid played uh, a lot of shows at a campground in the middle of summer when I was a kid. And so, just being, like... Being a kid running around, like, completely unsupervised uh-huh. at this campground. Uh, like, there were four or five kids that also seemed to be at that campground every every weekend. Um, and we would just run around terrorizing each other and yeah. <laughs> anyone yeah, yeah. we ran into. Yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Love to tell the tale. Uh-huh. Yeah, I guess that goes up till about 16, though, because after that I had a job over the summer. Yeah. Uh, which was a great job. Man, it was a good job. Um, I had that job through uh, a couple of years, a couple of years of college. What What you was know? the job? I worked at the St. Louis Zoo. 
Did you? Yeah, for the first year, a year and a half, I worked huh. in one of the concession stands, um, huh. uh, which I enjoyed in- immensely. I hated being behind the cash register, but man, put me on the grill and I'm a happy boy. Uh-huh. And it was a lot of fun. Uh, and huh. then after that, I, I moved over to uh, being a zookeeper in the children's children's zoo for the, for the youth. And uh, yeah, I had some experiences over there that are some once-in-a-lifetime things that mm-hmm. uh, that are hard to imagine having done because it was such a long time ago. Like you walk, you walk, you have to take the baby cheetahs for a walk, so you get a hundred-foot rope, put them on a leash. <laughs> And they run really fast when they're the size of a house cat, by the way. So it's like, oh my God, it's running. You know, and, there, and there it goes. It'll, all, the, all, the little, all the babies, all a lot of stuff comes through. You know, baby gorillas and baby cheetahs and big leopards and they come through. But there's little babies and so they're a lot of fun. A lot of screaming kids. It's a miracle I didn't get sick more than I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, that was a lot of fun. That was a lot of fun. I mean, talk about a summer job. My God. My God. You know. Yeah. We gave me 40 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, it, it was whatever minimum wage was back in the you know late '80s, early '90s. It was three fifties, four bucks an hour, or whatever. But you know, that's all I needed. You know, still living at home, going to college, working over the mm-hmm. summer, and a little walking around money for the year. It was a yeah. sweet gig. It was a sweet gig. You know. Yeah. Um, and I this think- is where it came from, Sherry, because I had to do these shows, like uh, a couple of times a week. I'd have to get animals out and do these presentations for people. Um, and mm-hmm. show them different kinds of animals in public. And it was like, yeah, this is awesome. I think that the public performance bug hit me early. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's my first times with it. Interesting. This is ah, this is a new Paul story for me. This yeah, is exciting. A new it was a new Paul story for me. I hadn't even made that connection until yeah. it was in the middle of, until I was in the middle of it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean sixteen, that's an interesting like around most of my summers, I think around that time. I would be babysitting because, uh, you know, younger kids than me would be off for the summer. Their parents wouldn't know what to do with them. So they would put the uber responsible Sherry, well, Sherry Lemure yeah. uh, to work taking care of their kids. And um, there was one particular family in, in particular that I, uh, I think probably every summer for a number of years, I watched their kids and, mm. uh, uh, so and so, I have a lot of great memories of uh, hanging out with that family. Also, uh, hanging out with uh, the guys that resided in the house next door to that. Uh, that were often frequently over, um, probably because they enjoyed spending time with the babysitter. Yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, but that was you know it was steady income. Uh, kind of an easy gig to hang out with kids and um at least those particular kids i i enjoyed hanging out with but i i often babysat during the summer but i hated babysitting more than anything Hmm. um except for that family right that's interesting right yeah so uh what do you do to pass not to pass but what do you look forward to in summer now that is an interesting question because as you were talking about your babysitting uh, memories, what started to come to me was, this isn't about, yay, summer, I'm going to sit around and do nothing. I think I'm just as, I don't want to use the word busy. I have as much of an agenda of what I want to get done during a day or during a week, maybe, as I do 
in the other nine months out of the year. But there's the stuff I do in those nine months, which is all kind of the same stuff. And then there's three months of something completely different. Uh It's something completely different. It's like I have done these things that are, I guess, my life for nine months. And for these three months, I get to do something else. I get to do something different from that. And whatever... (laughs) <laughs> latent uh, I don't know if this is the right way to say this and if anybody ever starts a sentence that way you know that it's not the right way to say it whatever latent uh, desires or urges to do something different or ideas or side projects you want to do or whatever it is that I don't get around around to in those nine months it's like in the summer I'm going to do this thing and uh, you sort of I sort of stack them up and then when uh-huh. summer hits I see what means enough to me to actually get off my A and do something about it. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and and it's, so it's like I'm not less busy. I'm, I feel like I'm, my days are as full as they always were. But it's I'm, it's I'm doing this other stuff that I didn't have the time to do before. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I mean, I almost feel like the nine months are the price of admittance to the summer months, right? Like, um, I think... You know, I think a lot of people right now during uh, this time of pandemic life, I think a lot of people are realizing the value of teachers and what teachers really do and put up with during Found out <laughs> the hard way, year. didn't they? Right, they found out right. the hard way. That's what the yeah. money was for, everybody. That's what the money was for. Yeah, and so, you know, I love, I definitely love teaching. Um, but I also think, yeah, the summer months, um, and I, it's taken me a long time to realize this, are really this interesting space to ask yourself what else like yeah so nine months a year i identify as a teacher and then um three months a year i get to ask well what else am i yeah and that's i think that that question is very generative to me Hmm. um you have a friend behind you I do. Just, uh, yes. Just folks, there's a bug in Sherry's house behind her. She's got her eye on that. And it is definitely a, it is definitely a wasp. Hmm. Um, and so, Sherry's anxiety. <laughs> summer also brings wildlife. Wild, mm. Wildlife. Uh-huh. Right into the house. I don't see it anymore. It is. It is over in my dining room now. I can see it. Uh, as long as it stays there. I. You know. I don't kill bees, but there are certain kinds of wildlife that I, it's now over there. Okay. Do you want to take a minute and take care of it? You know what? Why don't you just uh, talk amongst yourself, Paul? Who, me? uh, Yeah. And uh, I will be back after these messages. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Tell the good people what our second season is going to be all about. Oh, right. Our second season is going to be about this. We might come back and wrap up some summer stuff uh, while Sherry is uh, finding a compassionate way to remove an insect from her from her house. Um, we recently have done a couple of, of episodes that have a, a similar theme to them. Uh, one specifically on, on the rates of things that we've been getting some really interesting feedback on. And um, if you've listened to that to that episode called The Rates of Things, we spent quite a bit of time talking about uh, the different ways that I, and I think Sherry weighed in on this a little bit as part of her experience too, 
that we sort of process and interpret or feel or experience things that happen around us. Um, some of those aspects being with the body, sometimes feeling things primarily as a mental thing uh, or something in thinking mind, and sometimes feeling things emotionally with the heart. Um, and so we got such feedback on that on that episode that people thought it was pretty interesting that um, uh, Sherry and I thought it would be a really good idea to spend a little more time in season two kind of digging in to that body mind and heart framework uh and uh that's a good intro i think to season two and sherry's back and she's grinning pretty big over here so i think she, either she has a story or something happened or she's really happy to be done with that yeah well she's on pause with that she opened a window so he can the bug can live as though it's leaving but uh yeah so thanks for giving an overview of season two uh, while I dealt with the wildlife, uh, because my heart was pounding and my <laughs> body felt like it wanted to flee, yeah. but my mind knew I should stay present with you. I'm glad you could see it because I was like totally checking out like, oh my God. Yeah, I saw uh, you tracking something over there and it's like, I think there's something in Sherry's house. <laughs> <laughs> my back like oh so Sherry is not it, okay it, yeah then it made an appearance and it's like and there's a bug um not just yeah. any bug though uh so yeah um we got a lot of good feedback on that episode Sherry and mm-hmm. uh some very kind some very kind feedback um we from did. some folks who know us on that so yeah we're gonna unpack the bind money by body mind heart a little yeah. bit in season two yeah I'm looking forward to doing that I think um I think it's a good thing to do in the summer um to sort of like do a little check-in with yourself. And I think that's what our episodes will let us do. Of course, I have no idea if you already said that because I was definitely- I did not, I did not. Okay, great, wonderful, yeah. Um, Oh, the things we learn about how to keep a podcast going while an insect is in our house. Yeah. Is that that an insect, a bug? What do we call wasps? Wasps? Dangerous. Yeah, yeah, we we call them, they should be outside. They are assholes, I don't. I don't kill things, but I would like that to not coexist with me. It can do everything that it does, but it would be better if it did it outside. <laughs> Indeed. Better if it did it outside. So we'll spend, we'll do a couple episodes on body, a couple episodes on mind, a couple episodes on heart. Yeah. You know, with a, with a different sort of approach to each one of these. Which of those do you think will be the most challenging for you, Paul? The most challenging for me... Which, mm-hmm. which, which, <laughs> which of those will be the most challenging? Do I think or do I know? Uh, the, you, the, the heart one, I suspect, right? I, I made yeah. no, I made no, no bones yeah. about it on this when we did the rates of things. I mean, for me, emotion brings up the rear. It's the mm-hmm. caboose on this train, you know? Um, yeah. And I know I that. Mean, and I know that. So it's like, oh, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, me too. I mean. It's interesting. I would like our listeners to know that we have already planned out exactly the subjects for our body episodes and our mind episodes. And that gives us eight weeks to figure out what the hell we're going to say about the heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, th- I think we were, we are actually going to start with body and then move mm-hmm. into mind and then the heart. So next week there'll be something about the, the body as a, as a way to experience know sort of what moves through us and, and sort of what happens so I'm, I'm pretty pretty interested to see where that where that conversation goes because um that's where i 
find myself most comfortable actually yeah. is in, yeah. and tuned into. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't trust I, my thinking mind one damn bit. So. Yeah. It's well, and I think I have a false sense of hope for what my thinking mind can accomplish. Yeah. Um, but the body doesn't lie. Um, yeah. So our first episode about the body uh, so far is going to tackle the idea of space, uh, which is space is something that we've talked about on this podcast. We've talked about creating space, uh, but we're going to navigate space as it relates to the human body. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that will be a really fun discussion for us. Yeah, including what it means to take up space. To take up you know. space. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and to the occupy space. Of that. Yeah. And how to negotiate boundaries for space, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to that. Personal space, I mean, the concept of personal space when somebody's too close to you, right? Mm-hmm. Well, and today all we have is space. And so what does it mean for no one to be in your space at all? Yeah. Yeah. We could just have this conversation right now. Um, but we won't. But we won't. Um, so, yeah, summer, nostalgia, thinking back on it. Um, I don't know. There was a lot. Uh, I, had good, I, had, I have good memories of summers, mm-hmm. I think. And I don't know if I knew... That at the time, I don't know if I knew that at the time, but I sure remember them now as like, yeah, they're pretty good. They're pretty good. They went on forever. I, on forever. It's, it's hard to savor the moment you're in, I think. Um, yeah. But I think I'm looking forward to our summer podcast plan because I think, um, I think we have a good... We have things that we'll look back fondly upon as we look at season two. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think so too. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's always been, summer's always been doing the stuff that I didn't, wasn't able to or didn't have time to or wasn't resourced for in the in the other nine months, which is interesting because it's like, you know, I, I just sort of stumbled across this too. So it's like, are those other nine months who I am and then I'm, I just kind of do other stuff? Because they, they always called it summer break. Mm-hmm. Summer break. It's always a lie. It is a lie, right? Because it's it's summer, summer, summer break. It's like, what are we breaking from? I mean, it's a break from what? Yeah. Are we really giving nine months of our lives to something that we would rather not do, and we have other stuff we want to do, but we're doing that other way out of some other sense of duty or obligation? Summer break. What if? Uh, what summer, if? summer is who you are and you took a nine month break to do other stuff to pay the rent and to pay the mortgage and stuff like that i, I think it's a fair question you know it's interesting because uh as you know paul this is the first summer i've taken off mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and i think that there are some really interesting reasons why i never take summer off i i think i am I have historically been afraid to come face to face with that truth of who am I when I'm not engaged in the the practice of what I do for pay. Um, And I think, I think a lot of us identify very heavily with what we do for pay. Um, So taking a summer off means taking, um, taking three months to focus on like, well, what am I outside of what I do for a living? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think the more that I learn how to lean into figuring out who I am when I'm not working, the better I can become a human 
in the academic year. A human that has weekends, a human that has evenings, a human that can turn off the grind and be a person in the world. Yeah. 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 It should also be acknowledged that this part of this conversation might be unique to people in an academic academic field who have the luxury of being able to do that. Um, mm-hmm. But you said no to somebody the other day. Mm. You said no to somebody. Uh, somebody asked you for help on something. You said no. I did. I did. Um, yeah, I, I said no to one of my favorite humans in the world. Um, yeah, so I mean, I think regardless of peop- whether people are academics or not, I think that there is um, a need to take space whether it be in the summer or, or somewhere else, um, you know, everybody needs vacation. Everybody needs periods of dormancy. And mm-hmm. for us as academics, it tends to happen in the summer. Yeah, right. Um, so I think no matter who people are, they should be asking themselves, when do I plan for dormancy? When do I plan for me? When do I take space for me? Yeah, and I've noticed my own tendency if I don't intentionally pay heed to that i won't do it and i'll give it away i'll give it away you know yeah yeah so interesting i'm the last person i say yes to mm-hmm. so summer's about putting your foot down as an act of defiance and saying mm-hmm. no this is this is this is side hustle season you know this is when we're going to do the stuff that we really love this is when we're going to take time for ourselves to say yes to ourselves mm-hmm. and give ourselves the time and attention that we have earned and that we deserve um, to explore a little bit about who we are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I think, you know, you and I are reading this book, The Artist's Way, together this summer, mm-hmm. along with some other lovely human beings. Uh, and there was a passage that we read this week uh, that said something. I just pulled open the book because I'm that kind of English teacher, even when I'm <laughs> off the clock. Um, but I, I marked something that said, um, afraid to appear selfish, we lose ourself. And I think during the academic year, it's very difficult for me to appear selfish. I give mm. and I give and I give. And so, yeah, by the time I get to May, a lot of times I've lost myself. Yeah. Um, and so what if the summer for us, uh, at least this summer for us, is about finding finding that version of ourselves when we're not uh, plugged into our employer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the good side of that is that I think the more we learn who we are, the better we're able to return to our positions in the fall. Yeah, I remember at the end of the academic year just being exhausted in the first couple of weeks of summer, just walking around like a zombie, just like, oh, just so wiped out, just so mm-hmm. wiped out. Yep. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I really look forward to taking some time to check in with myself. Like, how is my body? What am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, uh, what's the state of my mind? I, you know, we are ultimately knowledge workers. Um, and so how's my brain doing? What am I doing that's taking care of that piece of me? Mm-hmm. Um, and also after nine months of living uh what's the state of my heart mm-hmm. how we doing yeah we doing? summer's for checking in not checking out yes because it takes a little more time to check some of these things in with 
because yep. things depress us at different rates. Yeah. Yeah. So I, even if our listeners are not academics, they're not on the calendar with us, I hope that they will take some space this summer with us to check in with their bodies, check in with their minds, and then check in with their hearts. Yes. That would be amazing. And I would also like to uh, thank them all again for being with us in our first season and for being with us as we enter into season two. If I can offer one more thing that I would uh, love to hear about our, from our listeners, it's what did you used to do over the summer? How do you remember yeah. it? Right? What are your nostalgic uh, thoughts? What comes to you when you think about what you used to do as a kid in the summertime? Did you mm-hmm. go on car trips yeah. or did you have other experiences that uh, that are a little more unique to, to your own? That I'd, I'd love to hear. I'd love to hear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I would add to that, like, what kinds of things do you do to get into the summer state of mind? Uh, this is a concept that our mutual friend Mike Daly and I use to talk about transitioning into summer. We want to get into the summer state of mind. And mm-hmm. then when we go into fall, we challenge ourselves to stay in the summer state of mind, even when the stress of fall starts so hitting us. So hard to do that. God, so, it's hard. so hard. To do yeah. That. So, so how do we do get to the summer state of mind? And then by the time we get to fall, maybe we'll know how to sustain the summer state of mind. Yeah. Both I and my wife refer to it as uh, summer brain. I have yeah. summer brain. And that's not a, a brain that achieves too much deep thought. I've got to be honest. But uh you know, it's 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 taking action through the body, taking action through the heart. You know, it's like I'm yeah. going to turn my brain off and just let the other the other parts of me catch up and have yeah. have uh, have a little bit of time to see what they want to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you end up doing these crazy things like walking around in the woods and sitting out on a chair and watching the birds and mm-hmm. bizarre mm-hmm. stuff like that. That makes no sense. Cooking some good food with some Cooking actual some ingredients. Yeah. yeah. Getting some gardening done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, a good thing to do while walking in the woods or playing in a garden is listening to a podcast like this fine one. Yes. So I'm just really thankful to our listeners. Uh, we are creeping up, Paul, on 500 downloads. You know, I might have seen that. I might yeah. have seen that, right? So... So we owe big props to all the folks who have come with us on the journey. We absolutely do. Um, thank everybody so much right, mm-hmm. for, for listening. We really appreciate that. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, and welcome to season two. Welcome to season two. Um, if anybody wants to reach out on the socials, I'm not even going to bother. Uh, I'm just saying where they are. I'm just going to say go to the website, uh, mm-hmm. com. And you can find links to all the socials that we socialize on uh, there. Yeah. You know, and follow us on, we got the Instagram, we got Twitter, got some Facebook. Yeah, do it. Reach out. We love to talk to folks. The usual suspects, yeah. And it was great talking with you this afternoon, Paul. It was great talking with you too, Sherry. Now I'm thinking about summer and stuff I used to do. I might have to make my own top 10 list of what uh, what I used to do in the summer. What, yeah. What I still remember. That would be a delightful blog post, wouldn't it? Oh, I did it. I got myself into it now. Now I have homework. But yeah, it would be. Um, it doesn't have to be that uh, that heavy old left for me. So yeah, I can kick something out. It's a top Come up with my list. own. and uh, Maybe I'll even do mine. You can only reply if you give uh, offer some of your own. Right, yeah. Uh, folks. So yeah, let's, you don't have to do 10, right? If somebody has five, that's fine too. It's like to hear some of your stuff. So great chatting, Sherry. 
great chatting with you, Paul. Cool. And so next week we start the we start the body. To the space. body we go. Space. Cool. Space. I will see you soon. You will. Indeed. Perfect. Thanks, Sherry. Thanks, Paul. Bye bye. Bye. And row. Paul and Sherry have a Paul podcast. And Sherry podcast. Yes. <laughs>